0: Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad on the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Today's podcast is part of our Lesson from Lasso series, so if you're short on time, when you hear that Ted Lasso theme song, you can skip ahead a minute and get right into the pod. Apple TV's Ted Lasso show has been very popular, and a lot of what we see on the screen gives a glimpse of life at a football club. Being around a professional team for some 25 years, I thought I would offer a chaplain's perspective on some of what we see in each episode. There are some great lessons to be learned, whether you're a person of faith or not. You might be an athlete, a coach, or simply a fan of the beautiful game. I think you're going to find a lot of clever and creative wisdom in this series. Thanks for joining us today. Here we go with another lesson from Ted Lasso. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have... He has the hat-trick the second in his career the third of the night the hat-trick hero talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure to the corner goes towards the near post and you're on the angle and what a goal what a goal today's lesson from lasso lands us in episode seven season one the episode entitled make rebecca great again features a real hot mess of the human condition amongst most of our Lasso faves. The team is in a dour mood because they haven't won at Everton in 60 years. Owner Rebecca is in a funky mood because it's the first year anniversary of her divorce. And Coach Lasso is dreading facing up to a failed marriage and the task of signing his own divorce papers. I just want to pause for a moment and say, this is an extremely difficult episode for language and sexual innuendo. I know these things have existed on the show before, but not to say to the same degree. So I want to encourage you, if you're watching this or re-watching it, use discretion. For me, there's an entertainment loss. But I also want to say that I get it. I've been in and around football culture, and it's crude and crass to a significant degree. Back to the lesson, we're nearly 15 minutes in when we see Coach Lasso in his room... And he polishes off the minibar whiskeys in an effort to anesthetize the impending pain of signing divorce papers that have hung around his neck like an albatross. Lasso, to this point, has been able to procrastinate to the point that a text message from the lawyer essentially reads, just send a photo of the papers signed and that will do. Lasso looks at the little green army man and the promise of protection, guarding his heart. Ultimately, that little man's failed. And he remains out of focus, although the grenade that he appears to hold in his hand is about to go off regardless. Lasso picks up the pen and looks into the mirror, seeing a disheveled mess. The pain isn't going away. Coach Lasso isn't the only one in the episode trying to escape pain, as I've already said. And alcohol isn't the only means of escapism that we see portrayed in front of us. Sex and the countless innuendos that occur in the episode amplify Celeste's song, Strange, which hauntingly bemoans the stranger turning friend, friend turning lover, lover turning stranger again. Bullying, anger, rage, Roy Kent ripping apart the locker room bench, coarse and vulgar language. There's many forms of trying to anesthetize or trying to numb the different pain that each person in Ted Lasso's show feels, but does any of it really work? Does any of it really last? Brene Brown, the well-known psychologist and therapist, in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, writes about the effect of trying to numb pain. In her years of research, and even in her own personal experience, she shares her astonishing discovery that there is no such thing as, quote-unquote, selective emotional numbing. In other words, we cannot just try to numb hurt, pain, anger, sadness, or any other myriad of negative emotion without impacting and affecting the positive ones too. Brown describes it this way, quote, there's a full spectrum of human emotions. And when we numb the dark, we numb the light. While I was taking the edge off of the pain and vulnerability, I was also unintentionally dulling my experience of good feelings like joy, end quote. Brown writes a powerful phrase that I want to re-emphasize. When we numb the dark, we numb the light. When we avoid feeling pain, the truth is we avoid feeling at all. We cannot anesthetize without desensitizing, without devitalizing, without paralyzing a wider, more encompassing swath of emotion, including good ones. It's interesting that Brown comes to a conclusion shortly after in that chapter that spirituality and the practice thereof is a necessary component of healing and forming resilience. But let me go one further than Brown and say that faith in Jesus and following him and being in community with his people is really the only practice that will truly bring healing. David references faith in God as he chronicles his struggle to become king in Psalm 18. Verse 18, he writes this, quote, my God turns my darkness into light. And again, in Psalm 139, David references God's command over darkness and light. Verse 11 saying, if I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness as as light to you. My friends, we all try to numb the darkness. And we employ various means to try, but in truth, we are left like Coach Lasso, who we see later in the episode, a huddled mass and mess on some street sidewalk in Liverpool, shaking violently from the torment of his soul. Only Jesus can truly save, can truly heal us from the sins of our past and the failings of our present circumstances. All of our attempts to numb the dark will actually hurt us more deeply in the long run, because as we attempt to numb the dark we numb the light. We snuff out joy as we seek to mitigate sadness. We destroy peacefulness as we silence the scaredness of our lives. We lose power as we devolve into rage and madness. I think the apostle Peter, think about him. He betrayed Jesus to his face, captures the essence of spiritual resilience when he writes in his letter, chapter five, beginning verse six through 11. And I want to close with this. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever, amen. My friends, don't numb the dark at the expense of numbing the light as well. Seek God, cast your anxiety on him Resist the evil one and what he brings to you. Stand firm in your faith and know that a family of believers around the world is going through the same thing. And by God's grace, he will restore and make you strong. Well, thanks for listening to this lesson from Ted Lasso. This is Reb Brad coming to you from The Touchline.